0: Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto blockchain and web 3.0 space. Blockchain Recorded's mission is simple, to share knowledge and insight and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals and decentralization solutions. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is provided for informational, and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Tserer. I have a finance background, having worked on Wall Street and the pharmaceutical industry. After living in five countries and dedicating time to my family, I left the corporate world. Today, I work as a freelance consultant and am fascinated by the innovative space of crypto and blockchain, different ways of thinking, and the people that are making that happen. So let's talk blockchain. Before we begin, let me say a few words about our sponsors. This episode sponsors Forth Tech, which is short for Fourth Pillar Technologies. Fourth Tech is a next-gen multi-blockchain ecosystem, platform, cryptocurrency, and a suite of decentralized applications that enable users to exchange data files and instant messages from wallet to wallet in a secure and decentralized way. Fourth Tech supports Ethereum, Tolar, Polkadot Substrate Edgeware, and Solana. Multi blockchain support enables users to choose the network of their choice according to decentralization, transaction speed, and price. Two of the fourth tech main innovations are 4DX, which can be described as the blockchain we transfer alternative, and 4IM, which uses Solana blockchain to serve as an immutable ledger exchanging encrypted short instant messages. This episode is also sponsored by CoinMarketLeague.com. CoinMarketLeague is a platform helping investors to find interesting coins and projects to gain more exposure and social following. At CoinMarketLeague, users can vote for their favorite projects, discover events, and upcoming IDOs on different launch pads. Head on to CoinMarketLeague.com and learn more. So with us today, we have Vanina Ivanova, the Chief Marketing Officer at Ambire, I I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes. Um, Formerly the AdEx Network, but Vanina likes to introduce herself as the person with the Twitter password. And uh, you've got me intrigued, Vanina. But before I actually ask you about what that means, um, in Vanina's career, she has managed marketing and communications projects for various industries. Her work in the fintech industry led her to blockchain and decentralized technology, which she happily embraced and for the past five years she has been running the marketing of ambire edX and now of ambire wallet as well her team has the hard task of translating crypto to everyday language and communicating with both crypto native and non-crypto audiences welcome vanina to blockchain recorded podcast
1: thank you for having me nina it's a real pleasure to be a guest on your podcast Thank you.
0: And I actually have to mention that you are the first female guest on our podcast. So today marks a landmark day because usually my guests are well, all of my guests so far have been men. So it's nice to meet a a fellow female from the industry
1: there are a lot of amazing women um in the blockchain industry most of us tend to stand to stay quiet yeah. um so so i'm very excited to be the first the first uh, lady on your podcast it's a it's a really big thing for me
0: yeah great so you prefer to introduce yourself as the person with the twitter password what do you mean by that
1: that's actually uh, an internal joke uh, an inside <laughs> joke uh, from the company because um, I was first hired at the position of marketing manager or marketing director if you wish and then when we started uh, going public we decided to change that to chief marketing officer and it sounds so serious and it sounds so important mm-hmm. which I've really don't think of myself as of someone who is that important um so so that's why i started telling people whenever people ask me so what does a chief marketing uh, officer do i started telling them well i hold the twitter password and because most (laughs) of our communities on twitter our largest Mm -hmm. communities on twitter um Mm -hmm. it it still shows that i'm somewhat important but it also shows that i don't take myself too seriously and Mm -hmm. like to focus on grinding and working rather than Telling people, hey, look, I'm important. <laughs> but of course you're important. So we're all important.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, I understand. It just, it's, uh, I did notice on, on your website, your descriptions are, are very, are very cute. It's, you're very personable. And um, I like that. I think it makes you more personable.
1: Um, I think it's important for businesses to be approachable and to be human, mm -hmm. if you wish, because, yeah, at the end of the day, we're important. We're dealing with uh, billions of dollars and we're, we're, well, billion dollar industries mostly. Um, But at the end of the day, we are people that get together and work together for a common goal. So that's I think that's important. Um, I like to do Q T. Descriptions of the team and on the com- of the company on one mm-hmm. of our recruitment websites, I wrote that we have our team has so much chemistry uh, between us that we can probably open a meth lab. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> and and I think that this, I think it matters when people deal with a b- business, they want to know that there are real actual people behind oh, it.
0: Yeah, no, and if and if they have chemistry, that's what makes um the business thrive, right? I mean, that's what makes that's what pushes you forward. It's really the people. Um, you can have an excellent product, but if if there's no chemistry and if and if you know there are there are issues in, in the team, then you can't move forward. But let me also um mentioned you've changed the name correctly from Adex, which was the name previously you you added Ambire, if I'm pronouncing that correctly
1: yes yes indeed well um there's a little bit of backstory that i need to uh to tell you to understand why we rebranded um when we started back in 2016 we were working on a video streaming platform uh that was gaining a lot of traction and we wanted to monetize it Mm -hmm. uh so this uh video streaming hub called streamio um for it we tried a a few different ad networks and they all um underperformed they didn't really meet our expectations Mm -hmm. and we tried another one and another one and and at at one point we decided that this is not working for us we can just create our own ad network. So this mm-hmm. is how the idea of adX network was born. this is this is our origin story and back then adX network worked really well because adX comes from ad exchange and this is what we were building mm-hmm. uh, five five years into this adventure, we already we have already built our ad platform and it has about seventeen thousand registered uh, corporate users, which mm-hmm. is great. and the platform is not a baby anymore. It's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's it's in preschool now, so it has its <laughs> own life <laughs> uh, and and it requires a lot less attention from. Uh, from our side uh, so that led us to another problem that we were facing and that was using different crypto wallets that again they didn't underperform but they didn't match our expectations in terms of UX they were confusing they were uh, complicated and necessarily complicated and we're crypto native people and we thought imagine if a non-crypto person has to deal with a with a wallet that is talking about nonsense and gas limits and people have no idea what is that and and why Mm -hmm. they shouldn't touch one thing or they should adjust uh, the other thing. Mm -hmm. So that's how we decided to uh, take uh, a bit of the technology that we already have uh, and reuse it and repurpose it uh, to create a new product, which is a DeFi centered cryptocurrency wallet. Mm-hmm. And once we decided doing that and started working on the wallet, it was initially going to be called the Adex wallet because we had the brand recognition mm-hmm. with Adex Network. Mm-hmm. But it was confusing because we were working on the on the actual product. We hadn't redone our website. We had a page on the website for the wallet, but it was confusing. We were telling people that we're building a, a wallet, leading them to a website of a mm-hmm. ad of an ad uh, network. Um, so at one point, we decided that it was time to rebrand and to kind of come up with a new brand that would encapsulate what we actually do mm-hmm. and be able to host all of the products that we create. Under the same hood, because I'm sure that the wallet is not going to be the last thing that we do. We're of just course. beginning. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. You're in preschool, so, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so that's how that's how we came up uh, with the idea of the rebranding, and that's why we decided to go ahead and mm-hmm. rebrand to Ambire. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's actually, I mean, it doesn't. The, the word "ambire" doesn't mean anything in English, but it's a, an Italian verb that means mm-hmm. to aspire, to want mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we do. That's what we do. So we figured it was really, really fitting to our DNA, to, to our company DNA, and um, that's that's why today we have Ambire uh, as a company, and then under the hood we have Ambire Addicts, the admin mm-hmm. Network, and Ambire Wallet that will be released super soon uh, for the general public, it's now in private, but
0: Oh, that's exciting. Well, we'll definitely get to that. So as given what you've said so far, I take it you've been in this space for a long time. Well, when it's in blockchain, um, in blockchain speak, that's like decades, probably. (laughs) But I was wondering if I could get your take on the evolution of the crypto and blockchain industry sort of for the past couple of years, what
1: what they meant for you? Well, um, if I have to sum it up um, in in one phrase, the past few years have been uh, a roller coaster for me—emotional, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> technological, and um, business roller coaster, if you wished. Mm-hmm. Um, because, as as you know. Things develop so quickly. Uh, There are literally new products and new paradigms coming up overnight.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Things that didn't exist the previous day and we need to get acquainted with and learn the next day Mm -hmm. uh, to stay, you know, to stay on top of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the past few years have been insane. I first heard of cryptocurrency back in, I think. 2013 and Mm -hmm. back then there was just bitcoin litecoin and dogecoin that was it Mm -hmm. and also um back then i was working in the fintech industry and i only considered them from an economical perspective from a financial perspective i never Mm -hmm. really uh got into, into the technological part Mm -hmm. but then we weren't talking about blockchain nobody had heard about blockchain and then just a mere three years later blockchain was blowing out it was Mm -hmm. beginning to get so big with ethereum and smart contracts and the ability to create your own dab relatively Mm -hmm. easily um, and that's when we got into that game. That's that's when when we started working on Addicts Network, and things changed so much. I, I still sometimes revisit our very first version of the white paper of Addicts Network. <laughs> and I and I read things and I'm like, oh my god, that seems so stupid. Why why did we go that way? <laughs> You're and probably not remember, the only one. <laughs> yeah, and then I remember, oh yeah, we did we went that way. Yeah. because the other technology didn't exist yet the right. other protocol didn't exist yet mm-hmm. so that's that's how incredibly fast-paced the industry has been um and and i as a part of that industry i have uh, I have felt every little bit of it in terms of informational overload, in terms Mm -hmm. of excitement for new technology, um, in terms of ideas of what we can do with with Mm -hmm. blockchain. So uh, these have been a, a few very, very exciting years for me. And what about now? What about 2021? Ooh, 20, I mean, things are continuing to go that way. Uh, yeah. Like You know, just a few months ago, nobody was talking about NFTs. And now we have mm. NFTs. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a year ago, nobody was talking about DeFi. And now we have decentralized finance mm-hmm. and this vast new universe in front of us. Um, mm-hmm. We a, a year ago, I had probably just heard of the metaverse, but like never really yeah. gotten into it. Right. And now Facebook is becoming yeah. a meta. So, <laughs> you
0: know. I know, it's going really fast it's going really fast.
1: It is going so fast that to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't even dare to make a prediction what's going to come next.
0: Yeah. No, we you can we can't or no one can really. Um and yeah, just just exactly what you said. So, you know, for for me just in terms of talking to you you know, of course, we have the explosion of DeFi, and then we see blockchain—you know—solutions for the supply chain industry, and then the music industry, and of course, now we have this NFT stuff going on, and et cetera, et cetera. And I have to admit, I—I um, I actually searched on on YouTube and a few other channels, and I didn't find that much. Information in terms of the marketing um, or ad industry, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't actually use those interchangeably, right? Because marketing is everything, and ads, the ad space is a part of marketing.
1: Yeah, um, I mean you can I guess you can use it uh, interchangeably because I mean yeah marketing is like the bigger picture and then advertising is just one part of the marketing right um but I think that in 2021 and 2022 marketing mostly focuses on on advertising and digital advertising digital advertising That's, correct that is what has been exploding really uh in the space and even now um it's a it's a funny observation but because I f- I am interested in in Um, non-traditional education non-formal education Uh, Mm -hmm. and i try to keep up with trends in that field as well and i Mm -hmm. noticed that before most of marketing and advertising courses uh, and classes started with you know introduction to marketing Mm -hmm. basic marketing fundamentals and and stuff like that right now people people jump straight to digital digital advertising and Mm -hmm. using different platforms and making the most of Uh, Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever, if you wish. So there's this shift in the paradigm. And I think that that is what allows us to, you know, just use one term on the other and mean the same thing.
0: Yeah. and it's, it's interesting that you said that and I mean I don't want to get off a tangent but I think it's actually really relevant it's that it, you said introduction to marketing you know I, I went to an undergraduate business school so I that's exactly what I got <laughs> my <laughs> marketing class was you know marketing 101 was introduction to marketing and and then I actually later on i I was um, I, I mean I was in finance but I did work for a an online newspaper company it was um, it was, it was actually right after the, the dot-com boom. And so I do have a sense of, but this was, you know, this was like almost 20 years ago in terms of, you know, clicks and impressions. And so, but it's evolved so much. So when you say the digital ad space, marketing space, I mean, it's, For me now, it's almost like science fiction with all the algorithms (laughs) and everything that is sort of pestering the end user, Um, which sort of, let me actually take that a step further. One of the questions that you have on your website, you actually exposed a question that sort of shows a problem, right? You have the question of why is the ad tech industry so broken? And this really resonated with me as you are clearly aiming to solve a problem. Um, but maybe before you can answer this question and everything that we just talked about, maybe can you help us paint the picture of the digital marketing ad space today? And maybe where did it
1: go wrong? Um, sure. I mean, I'll try Or to if you can say because wrong. I can I can wrong. talk about yeah. this I can talk about this for, for hours. yeah. But yeah to keep it brief, uh, I think everything started getting messed up. Uh, when when the big companies like Facebook and Google started mm-hmm. tweaking uh, I- introducing and tweaking their algorithms and providing people more and more and more and more mm-hmm. um, So at a certain point we got to uh, a day and age where everybody is being profiled uh, where yes. Amazon uh, knows that you're pregnant before you know that you're pregnant for yes example. there was a, an article yes. about that recently. Um, mm. About uh, about a lady who found out that she was pregnant when Amazon suggested uh, prenatal care. Jesus! <laughs> oh my yes. God! Yeah, um, that's a, that's a, that's just insane. That that's just crazy. Exactly, exactly. This is just you know it's it's too far. We've taken mm-hmm. it too far. Mm-hmm. I. I as a marketer, I was really exciting, uh, excited about uh, the opportunity to profile people and get the right target audience and play with the targeting of my ad campaigns mm-hmm. and be able to reach the right people and make the sale. I was really excited about that mm-hmm. at the beginning, before uh, before we all collectively realized the uh, mm-hmm. the privacy violation that this is because mm-hmm. it started as anonymized data as um, you know customer groups. And it evolved to the point where uh, a certain provider or ad network knows my purchasing habits and can predict Mm uh with certainty what i will purchase today tomorrow uh, the day after that and that is not okay i think that's that's super wrong so or steer uh, you sorry or or steer you in the direction that you don't even know if you want to
0: go into right i mean it's very yeah it's it's it yeah it's powering all sorts of
1: <laughs> exactly, issues it's, it's advertising today is powering consumerism uh, to a point where it's mm-hmm. becoming unhealthy and it's yes. unhealthy for us as people on a psychological level and it's unhealthy for the planet because we only have yes. this planet and you know we're yes. consuming so much mm-hmm. and so quickly that we're basically you know covering the planet in in junk I'm so
0: happy you were saying
1: this, by the way,
0: (laughs) Um, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a lay person in terms of the digital marketing industry. I'm an end user that that's how I see myself. Right. And it honestly, and I uh, just giving my opinion, it makes me angry. You know, I want the ads off. I don't want it to to track me. I don't want it to follow me. I don't, I want nothing, you know, and it's, um, it's just, yeah, something has to be done.
1: I understand where you're coming from exactly, because even though I work in the field and I'm the person who's supposed to convince other people to mm-hmm. buy per- to buy products and services, I am also annoyed because we have to uh, set a border somewhere. We have to set mm-hmm. the line somewhere and not cross that line, but we've already crossed it. And it's a problem. It's a problem for the users and it's a problem for the industry because the more users, users get annoyed, end um, users, I mean here, mm-hmm. uh, the more they seek alternatives like ad mm-hmm. blockers and uh, mm-hmm. privacy focused browsers and apps that don't track them. And everybody loses from that. That same industry that is trying to push products and services on the people is losing because of that. Um, and, And that leads me to the other problem. That's the problem for advertisers and publishers. Mm-hmm. And I will circle back to our origin story. This is how Addicts was born, because as a publisher, the media platform that we had didn't get proper reporting for the traffic that we were getting. would get. We were, the, there was a, a huge mismatch, a, a huge gap between mm-hmm. our estimations for our revenues and the actual revenues that we were getting from uh, monetizing our traffic. And again, for advertisers, I've, I've been in that role as well as an advertiser, pouring uh, literally buckets of money mm-hmm. into the bottomless pit that is mm-hmm. um, Google google ads or facebook ads or whatever mm-hmm. and then you get a report that is centralized google is giving mm-hmm. you a report that you can't verify you can't track and mm-hmm. oh, most ad networks do that uh, of course They give you a report and you have to trust them blindly. And Mm. if you have your own internal system for tracking and you see a a discrepancy there and you ask about that, you never get a straight answer. You always get some lame explanation of, oh, but maybe you're not tracking it correctly. No, I am tracking it correctly. Yeah, you're You're the one who's doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You're the Mm. one who's not giving Mm -hmm. me the information. So -hmm. that leads us to an advertising supply chain that is the opposite of open and transparent and clear. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. is just a black box and you can you can analyze the outcome and you can analyze Mm -hmm. the input, but you can never uh, actually figure out what's happening in between. And Mm -hmm. again, that leads to mistrust uh, for uh, on behalf of advertisers and also on behalf of publishers, because people are suspicious when they check out a new ad network. They're like, "Mm, okay, Mm -hmm. if I'm a publisher if I'm a publisher and I have a website, I don't want a random ad network to collect uh, data about my my readers, for example, or my you know my users, because mm-hmm. then I'm the one who has placed people in in the position of having their privacy compromised as a publisher. Again, as an advertiser, I would I want to make the sale obviously, but at what cost? Yes, this is yes. we have we have reached. I I talked about us polluting polluting the planet. Mm-hmm. We've actually polluted the internet. The advertising industry has polluted the internet. Exactly, exactly. And it's time to get back to a cleaner and better internet. And one of the ways to do that is by introducing new standards for the ad industry, for the ad tech industry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You mentioned before
0: we actually move on here because we we have the ball rolling you mentioned publishers, advertisers, um, end users, you know, sort of these terms. Can you maybe just for, for someone who does not know how these interplay, who are the publishers or, or what are the publishers? What are the advertisers? How, how do these roles interplay with each other? I mean, we know sure. end users are end users. It's basically whoever's using it in the end, but, um, maybe publishers and advertisers.
1: Sure, sure. Um, advertisers are the people who have a service or, or a product to advertise. Mm-hmm. So these are the people who pay for the ads and they create the actual ads and put them, uh, um, whether on TV or online, it doesn't really matter, but they put them out. Um, mm-hmm. Then publishers are uh, the people who broadcast those ads. uh, okay. uh a website, a blog, personal blog with ads could be a publisher mm-hmm. or uh, a platform that shows ads. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, and then in between you have the ad network. And sometimes the actual ad exchange, the actual ad network, is a publisher as well, as is mm-hmm. the case with Facebook, for example. When you uh, when you use Facebook's ad platform, uh, it's Facebook that broadcasts the the ads. Mm-hmm. And not an an external uh, an external uh, site. Uh, with Google, it's a a hybrid model. Uh, Google would, depending on the types of ads that you choose. If you choose, for example, to advertise on uh, on Google Search, then again, Google is both the ad uh, ad network and the publisher. But if you decide to use Google um, for display advertising for banner ads, for example, you can publish those ads on third party websites that that show ads and these again the publishers mm-hmm. perfect so and you said yeah you
0: can actually be an advertiser and publisher all in one depending on the model correct is, is that's what i'm taking from this as well
1: you can be an ad network and a publisher all in one mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but of course you can also be an advertiser and a publisher like if you have mm-hmm. a website uh that kind of you know say you, ha- you are a news website mm-hmm. that has advertising Property uh, for sale available, and you use an ad network to fill in this space. But you also want to advertise your website so that it reaches to more people. Then you can be an advertiser and a publisher at the same time as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's backtrack a bit. 2017 was sort of the uh, the ICO era, and in terms of crypto and blockchain and marketing, a lot was promised in 2017, uh, it, it just it, with all the different industries. So where do you think? you are now in terms of, you said you're in preschool era, <laughs> but, but um, where do you think you are in this um, sort of solution track?
1: Well, um, I think that we are so much, I know it's going to probably, it's probably going to sound a little bit arrogant, but we are so far ahead mm-hmm. than we were five years ago um, that it's unbelievable i mean i'm i'm looking at uh at our company at our team i'm looking at myself and and trying it, it's unfathomable how much we've learned uh and how much we've created during those those past years um because as you said 2016-2017 the golden age of ICOs a lot was mm. promised uh, mm-hmm. and very little was delivered sadly <laughs> mm-hmm. um the reason one of the reasons for that was that um some teams just didn't follow through uh other teams lost their funding in the crypto winter that followed shortly after that Mm -hmm. so they couldn't they couldn't go on um But our team persevered and uh today we like to joke that we're one of the ogs in crypto um but the joke the joke aside and i can say that and i don't you know even even if it does sound arrogant uh, i'm super proud to work with these people but our team and our team is one of the most uh, competent teams in crypto today Mm. in terms of in terms of understanding uh the blockchain technology in in terms of understanding ethereum and smart contracts and alternative chains um the the Ambire team is incredible and the learning process is ongoing with us. So there hasn't been a time when we've stopped even for a second to mm. like take a breath, if you wish. It has been an ongoing, um, I'll say grind, but I don't mean it in a negative, uh, mm. in the negative mm. connotation. Like it has mm. been very exciting for us to learn and develop and acquire these new skills that we have today. Mm-hmm. So... How many how many devs do you have? How big is your team? Um, the team right now is uh, about twenty people. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sh- to be honest. I'm not sure how many of them are devs. I I would need to count, but uh, approximately half of them are developers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and okay. then uh, the other half are uh, marketing, sales, uh, customer support, and administrative uh, mm-hmm. professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, So yeah, we're just a yeah, yeah, just a handful of people doing incredible things. (laughs) Um, And if you if yeah. you can't mind me, another thing that I would like no, to mention no. here, and I think that's important uh, to kind of like um, you know to to finish answering the question where we are today, the core yes. team of ADX Network, the you know the people who began uh, ADX Network in two thousand sixteen in two thousand sixteen, is the same team that we have today. We have just been adding people, oh. and nobody has left, oh. which is Good for yes. You. I know. Good that's for incredible. You. So that, that's why I like to brag about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. So you definitely are the OG in all different, um, and, and with, in all respects. Well, let me, so l- let me take now a step further. I actually did glance at your white paper. And so you actually have a sentence. So you have, you say that the protocol that adx puts forth combines traditional peer-to-peer technology, cryptography, and blockchain. So mm-hmm. clearly you see a blockchain as a solution to what you deem or to the problem that you actually de- defined before. Um, can you actually take us through what that means with respect to marketing um, or ad solutions and actually how do you use blockchain?
1: Well, um, when we, when we first started using blockchain, we thought that, um, you know, we had a different idea, but again, the technology was not mature enough. So things mm-hmm. have changed a lot, uh, in the past, in the past few years. Um, uh, but the one solution that, uh, I think is most valuable, um, for the, um, for the ad tech industry is our Outpaced solution that basically, uh, allows micropayments on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. and each impression on our ad network is a micropayment so uh publishers get paid per impression and because it's mm-hmm. a payment on ethereum it's written on the blockchain mm-hmm. of course they're batched for uh for optimization but they're all written on the on the blockchain and that allows uh 100% traceability and and that allows both publishers and advertisers to verify that yes this is the number of impressions that they got this is the number of clicks that they got this is the money that they pay uh, paid for their advertising campaign so basically we're using the blockchain to bring in that, to, to bring back that transparency that the ad tech industry has lost in time, mm-hmm. and to make sure that everyone has a a uh, an independent way to track their advertising budgets or track their their advertising net revenues. So uh, I think that's the that's the biggest contribution um, that we've made to the space Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. so far. Um, uh, And then um, on the other hand, we also use contextual targeting, which means that the ads that are broadcast on a particular uh, website are matched to the topic uh, of that website. So the user doesn't get profiled. The end user, we collect zero data about the end user.
0: Okay, that was one of my questions. You collect yeah. zero data. How? So, okay, okay. So can can you, can, can, can the marketing? Sorry, can, can, but can the ad industry? You know, we're all used to just we all just know that you know the ad industry collects all of our data. Can can the ad industry survive without that? It can
1: in the long term. It can if yeah, if, if you want uh, to systematically
0: change it, right?
1: I mean, when you think about it, that was that was the way we yes. we had ads. Uh, I don't know, ten years ago, and we were doing fine. right we were were doing just fine so Mm. i think it is a sustainable uh, model uh it is not ideal in the sense of uh in the sense that it provides a targeting that is not so precise but again it protects user privacy it gives us back the power to say i don't want you to track me i don't want you to know what my purchasing habits are Mm -hmm. i don't want you to intrude my personal life Mm -hmm. um, at that level so mm-hmm. yes, it is possible because I'm not being profiled uh, and the platform doesn't know that I have already seen this ad uh, mm-hmm. on uh, this site today. It may show me the same ad on another, on another site. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it will not targeting, target me as precisely, but it's a way to go. And I think that it, it's a very healthy way to go uh, in order to uh, bring back ethics to the space and, and make sure mm-hmm. that people are not being not being profiled because the way it works basically is say you are on uh, a website about cars and you're reading about cars Mm -hmm. and then the ads that you will see on that Site with, um, with uh, uh, contextual advertising would be ads for I don't know car parts or car dealerships or car washes, if you wish. So you have a little bit of um, of uh, variety uh, mm-hmm. with that type of with that type of targeting. It's really not as precise as profiling, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's not intrusive. It's not invasive, mm. and I think that at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it's not ideal for advertisers but that's what people want. Right. And at the end of the day I think that is what will prevail.
0: Right. It it should. You mentioned a layer 2 scaling solution. Is this you, is this your own layer 2? Yes. Um aha, uh-huh. so in-house, so you
1: developed your own. We we developed uh, our own layer 2 solution, the so-called Outpace. Outpace. Um, okay. Yeah. It's it's an mm-hmm. acronym and to be honest, I'm not even sure <laughs> Well, okay. Like, <laughs> okay we
0: we have we'll have a dev are, on and some later point
1: <laughs> yeah um this is this is the to solution that allows us to um first of all back transactions the micro transactions mm-hmm. that i mentioned mm-hmm. um and we do that for gas optimization and for cost optimization so that yeah. more money more 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 money goes to the uh, pocket of the publisher and not you know, paid in uh, Ethereum gas fees or or any other unnecessary fees. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so basically um yeah that's um that's the one purpose of uh of um that uh led to solution um and uh yeah and it's trustless which is again it lets Mm -hmm. everything to be verified it doesn't require um uh another authority to you know pop in and say hey that's correct that's not correct so yeah okay i got the i got the um Acronym Outpay stands for off-chain unidirectional trustless payment channels. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so And basically, agreed. yeah. And basically, it allows us to process a lot more because you know that blockchain is still a little, a little bit slow. Um, mm-hmm. So this this allows us to scale the the ad network, and this allows us to basically process much more transactions per second mm-hmm. than Visa processes, for example.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and today we are the largest payment channel network on Ethereum. Mm, so I actually read that. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's open source. You can yeah. take you, you can. It's it's on our GitHub profile. You can take mm-hmm. it and it as you see fit.
0: I read somewhere. I don't know if you can answer this.
1: That you experiment with Cosmos and Polkadot as well. Yes. Uh, we build on Substrate, and what we build on Substrate is the Adex Registry. The AdX Registry mm. is basically responsible for appointing validators um, for every advertising campaign that uh, happens on our network. Mm-hmm. Validators are basically... Nodes that could, that verify the data and confirm uh, and verify the uh, and process the payments uh, from the mm-hmm. advertiser to the publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every campaign on our on our network needs to have a validator, uh, a couple of validators. Right now mm-hmm. we are the only ones running validators, but in the future people will be able to run their own validators if they want to. So there there will be public validators available, and okay. these and for these public validators. We will, have, um, we will have a registry and that registry we have actually uh, built on Substrate. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that uh, has made us put a pin in it for now is the fact that Polkadot itself is not as developed as we expected it mm-hmm. to be at this point. And mm-hmm. there's still no Ethereum bridge um, uh, for Polkadot. So that is like, we have the Substrate uh, development, but it's on hold right now because it hasn't been released because of the we're just waiting for polka dot to get a little bit more mature okay but we are very big to sorry to um, we're, yeah, we're very yeah, big yeah. On, on on blockchain interoperability and again back then when mm-hmm. we started doing that there were no bridges like we have mm, today for yeah. example between ethereum and polygon um right. or between ethereum and binance smart chain we didn't have that mm-hmm. back then when we started no. looking into that we mm-hmm. didn't have it so polkadot and and cosmos seemed like uh great opportunities unfortunately cosmos is even farther behind Mm Polkadot in terms of development. Uh, But yeah, we haven't, we've just put a pin in that. We haven't uh, given up on it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we have a more uh, mature technology um, from Polkadot's side, uh, we're we're just going to go on with it. Great.
0: So yeah, so you are mentioning, so layer two, you're solving the high cost associated with the (laughs) the Ethereum gas fees, etc. So we all know crypto can be used for payments. Um, I actually read that you're solving the volatility with the DAI stablecoin, and that you have an ADEX protocol native token, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, We have the... Yeah, maybe you can you just, yeah, maybe explain to us and maybe you can take us through the tokenizational model. I also noticed you have staking. Yes. Um, so... You can go crazy with with all the questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mentioned that earlier, but back in 2017, where when we were starting out with with Adex, uh, ICOs were a big thing. So we we decided mm-hmm. to have a crowdfunding campaign ourselves in order to secure the funding for that project mm-hmm. because we knew that mm-hmm. it was going to be big. We knew that was you know this was something that we wanted to continue um, for years and years ahead, uh, and we needed to have the funding before the ad platform would start generating revenue itself. Mm-hmm. So this is why uh, we had an ICO uh, and um, we issued the, uh, we generated the ADX token, mm-hmm. the native token for our network. And initially we thought that this would be the token, we had planned for this to be the token used within the platform for paying for ad space mm-hmm. and for publishers getting paid in, in ADX. Mm-hmm. Why, why we did that? Because there were no stable coins back then. Of course. They literally literally did not exist. Right. So um, later on, we uh, realized uh, that this is not a viable model because of the volatility of the ADX ADX Mm -hmm. coin. Uh it's it's just not um sustainable in terms of planning your advertising and marketing budgets, um and evaluating costs, it would just mm-hmm. make things a lot more confusing than they should be. We we were aiming for simplicity, not not confusion. So uh this is why we decided to uh switch to the DAI uh cryptocurrency mm-hmm. in the platform. So right now um all uh fees uh are paid and, and ad campaigns are launched in DAI mm-hmm. and accounts are funded in DAI and publishers get paid in DAI because it's a stable coin, you know, this, this stable coin allows us to mimic a traditional ad network as closely as possible, um, and take, you know, take the good parts of it, like for example, being able to plan a marketing budget properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's why we we uh switched to Switch to uh, die, but that doesn't mean that the ADX token became irrelevant. it, it is, yeah. it is mm-hmm. relevant uh, mm-hmm. in the sense of the validators that I mentioned earlier. So basically, mm-hmm. ADX, the ADX token is a uh, so token is used for staking. Mm-hmm. And staking is done towards the validators. Right now, we only have the one staking pool validator Tom available mm-hmm. on our staking portal. So basically, everyone who stakes them, their ADX tokens to the, to the validator Tom pool basically vouches for the Tom pool. Mm-hmm. Right now, right now there is no uh, slashing. There are no penalties. In the future, we will introduce penalties for misbehaving, um, misbehaving validators. So validators mm. that go offline, uh, mm. for example, and that stops all the campaigns that are running. Through that validator so uh, so basically staking towards a validator whether it's one run by us or a public validator it reinforces the uh, trust in that validator it makes it more um, it makes it more secure and more preferable for advertisers when they're choosing their validators for the campaigns, and that's the purpose of the ADX tokens. Again, when a campaign is launched on the platform, there are some small validator fees paid out. And mm-hmm. these, these fees basically pay for the staking rewards that people get from staking their ADX. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Tom Pool, and I also noticed you also have a
1: loyalty pool. Is that correct? We have a, Yes, we have a loyalty pool. Um, basically, the, the difference between uh, the loyalty pool and Tom Pool is that Tom Pool has a 20 day unbond period, mm-hmm. but it has but it has a, a higher return. The mm-hmm. API there is generally higher. Uh, while uh, the loyalty pool uh, has no unbonding period, so there's no lockup period. You can take your your stake tokens at any given time. But the reward is, is lower. Um, at the beginning, the loyalty pool was the pool that allowed people governance uh, over mm-hmm. decisions regarding addicts uh, and, and now unbuyer. Uh, later on, we decided that stakers in the Tom pool should have that privilege as well. So now anyone who stakes uh, either in, in the loyalty pool or in the validator Tom pool can participate in governance votes uh, that can cons- concern our business Mm. and the loyalty pool is it capped it is capped yes Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. capped at 30 million uh tokens right Mm -hmm. now it shows more than that because of uh auto compounding so basically the rewards Mm -hmm. that are accumulated are auto compounded within the pool and that that's why it stands at more than uh than uh 30 million tokens Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's full now. I'm afraid it's mm. full. And even I myself cannot stake uh, more oh, it's tokens full. to the loyalty pool. Yeah, <laughs> ah, we okay, reached okay, we okay. reached the cap uh, a while ago. Uh, so right now we are at thirty four um, 34 million ADX tokens staked in that pool. Okay. And, w- okay. and we need to get to under 30 million t- in order for people to be able to stake again there. Oh, I understand. And so this, this
0: loyalty pool, it's so it's more more of like a derivative compared to... Um, yes, exactly. Right? It's, it's more like, um, I don't know, I think more like a urine finance protocol.
1: Exactly, exactly. Basically, the the ADX tokens that uh, you stake within that pool are wrapped mm-hmm. to generate the ADX loyalty token and that token allows you uh, governance votes govern- mm-hmm. and voting power mm-hmm. in governance votes. Mm-hmm. So, so if it's Cap, is, is this going to stay this way,
0: or any plans to? Sort of expand, uh, or maybe add another pool, or we, I'm sure you be... you have your hands busy <laughs> on non DeFi things.
1: <laughs> we no, we definitely will be adding more pools um, mm-hmm. when when more validators are available. Basically, okay, the as soon as we have public validators available, mm-hmm. all the public validators that are within the registry will be available for staking because that this is how advertisers will be able to select which uh, validator is the most dependable and which validator they should choose if Mm. they decide not to run their own validator, for example, Mm -hmm. and just use the public Mm -hmm. validators.
0: I I saw, is ADX listed on Binance?
1: It is, yes. We are listed on, I think we're listed on about 30 30 exchanges. The latest one was KuCoin. We literally just listed there. Um, So yeah, uh, we are available on Binance, we're available on PitchX, on Huobi. Mm. Um, Mm. So yeah very cool also obviously also DEXs like Uniswap and Sushiswap there's a lot of liquidity there uh, mm-hmm. on Ethereum not so much on Polygon but
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. and you mentioned you're also involved in the wallet so you have your
0: Ambire Addicts wallet is that is that what it's called or it, uh, this is, is it's
1: just Ambire Wallet yeah Ambire um, Wallet okay Ambire Wallet is something that I am so, so excited about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally, all of my, my, my friends don't want to hang out with me anymore because that's all I talk about. That's all you talk um, about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm by Wallet. Yeah, as I said, we noticed a problem and the problem is that uh, we want to use, we, we use crypto a lot. We use crypto mm-hmm. a lot. We use DeFi mm-hmm. protocols. And these mm-hmm. are complex. Even for us, they're complicated. Mm-hmm. We don't always get it. How mm-hmm. does this thing work? How does that thing work? Mm-hmm. And we we want to be able to use more and more of these but it gets frustrating at one point, so that's how you know. That's how we decided to to uh, create a a new wallet that will make things easy and that we will kind of like get everything under the same hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we came up with the with the concept of Ambar Wallet. Right now, we are in in um, private beta, and I've mm-hmm. had my hand, my greedy hands on mm-hmm. on that wallet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For uh, uh, for some time now, uh, and uh, let me tell you, it's glorious. <laughs> if, I may, <laughs> if I may say so myself, uh, it's it's a it's a lovely wallet that would allow people to first of all to log in with a username and password, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while providing you the necessary security uh, to be protected and to have your crypto assets safe but you can Mm -hmm. still log in with a username and a password. And that means that you can log in from any device uh, and it doesn't have to be Web3 enabled and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to have a browser extension or whatever because, you know, I still find myself struggling with MetaMask on mobile devices, for example, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. other wallets on on mobile devices. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can't even connect a hardware wallet to a a mobile device. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then again, with Ambar wallet, you'll be able to log in with an email and password. But if you want, you can connect a MetaMask address to it or you can uh you can connect the hardware wallet which will give you an additional layer of security mm. uh for your uh for your transactions and and for your uh assets. It will allow you to tap into different protocols uh from DeFi with one click literally with one click. the other day I put some money into Ave with mm-hmm. one click oh and it was really I, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah I was so excited to be able to do that because we have already integrated that. And we're, later on, we're going to integrate more um, more protocols, more DeFi protocols like Compound and Earn. Um, mm. And you can easily transact. You can switch between networks again with a single click. And it happens uh, just so quickly and so uh, flawlessly. And, and the most important thing about Ambar Wallet is that we have really, really focused on user experience experience and the user mm-hmm. journey because we mm-hmm. want to make things there are so many complexities that are being associated with, with having a, a crypto wallet but we're getting this and handling it under the hood so on top of that, people have a, a really seamless experience and it's really easy for them. We allow transactions batching. We eliminate Ethereum approvals, you know, all mm. these things that are complicated and confusing for, for even for crypto native people, let alone non-crypto people. We want mm. to have a, a wallet basically. I mean, that's my, you know, I, I'm speaking from my personal experience here, mm-hmm, but I think mm-hmm. that also goes uh, for the rest of the team. We want to we wanna have a, a wallet that we can give to our parents yeah um, and and yeah. they can use it without calling us ten times an hour to ask, what is this and what is that? <laughs> of course, or just to
0: be able. I think um that's that's exactly what what the problem is in, in general. you know, making it I, I think the first hurdle is trust, right? Yes. Um, it, for this for that generation to to start um also interacting in in the space. um I think a lot of our well the generation of my parents baby boomer generation I think they like you said user experience um, ease of use um, so it's intuitive but I think the biggest thing is trust and privacy and safety right
1: exactly um, I've had this I conversation think people, people
0: are still I think people are still wary of I'll be honest even for myself to have a mobile wallet
1: I understand where you're coming from. And yeah, I I went through that as well. Now, to be honest, today, I'm very comfortable with with using Mm. mobile wallets as well, Um, uh, because I know where the uh, um, you know where I can be potentially vulnerable so Mm. I can protect myself Uh, Mm. but again you know for a regular person you can't expect them to go through this learning curve you can't expect people to get a degree in cybersecurity just so that they can use a crypto (laughs) wallet on their phone
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we all kind of had to do that it's it's
1: insane and and that's also a communication problem a communications problem I've had this conversation with my own mother who's a university professor in Mm. her late in her the late 60s. Mm, wow. So she's curious about crypto. She wants to mm-hmm. invest in crypto. She wants mm-hmm. to, you know, to look into that, to play with it a little mm-hmm. bit. But I don't, you know, I don't let her because it's too confusing. And I know my mom, and I know that, you know, where she can mess up things, and I know how easily she can lose her assets if if she uses mm-hmm. uh, an existing solution. So that's why, you know, I'm w- waiting for Amber Wallet to be released uh, for everyone so that I can onboard my mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but when when uh, when we uh, speak about crypto she she tells me she's confused and it sounds too complex and she's too old for this and I'm like no no you're not too old nobody's too old or too young for this obviously mm-hmm. no of you don't not. need to understand the technology yeah the, the technology behind it is really com- complex and it's confusing mm-hmm. but you don't need to understand it you need to have a tool that lets you uh transact without having to understand that and mm-hmm. I think that this is what we're doing because if you think about it uh not so long ago credit cards were not a thing and people didn't understand and didn't use credit cards and today mm. uh, again my mom would take out her credit card in any store and pay for her groceries or pay for a plane ticket or whatever with her mm-hmm. credit card and and she feels feels comfortable with that she trusts it exactly you know the, the question the, the, the matter of trust she trusts the credit card and she feels like she understands it and i'm like okay that's not the case here really let's talk about it do you actually know how credit cards work. Do you know what a payment processor is? Do you know what a bin sponsor is? Do you know you know, how transactions get routed and, and approved? Um, was the risk management pr- procedure for every credit card transaction? And this is where mm. you you have these few seconds of silence and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and my mom goes, oh, right, mm. okay. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. we need to. I think this is what we need to overcome uh, in terms of communicating blockchain to people in terms of, you know, th- and that communication sure. goes through UX and through user journeys that are uh, simple and easy to understand. Because honestly, people don't need to understand ethereum approvals for example they just need to right. click and confirm their transaction and you know know that they've, they've paid whoever this crypto or that crypto and that their funds are safe
0: and, and that, their funds that they are get safe. right and that so that it's because i think yeah um one one problem is that a lot of people just click everywhere and you don't really have um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could argue that you don't need to know how things are working, but just because people now we've become so comfortable in our consumer ways, it can kind of come back to bite us. Right. So I, in a way it's important so that you have the basics, but it, I think the, the, sure. The, the, I would say the, um, it's, it's quite a challenge to To bring it closer, so that you have the whole package, safe, secure, and just plug and play, right? And and convenient. It's quite an art. It's not even, I mean, yeah, it's science, but it's also an art how to do that.
1: I understand. But since you're you're in the ad
0: industry, (laughs) um, you have you have quite um, you've actually set yourself some uh, an important goal, and you're also incorporating all the relevant, even financial components. So.
1: Indeed, you're, indeed.
0: And yeah, I, mean, I, I do agree
1: with you. I do agree with you that yeah, there is a very fine balance between uh, convenience and and security and protect yes. protecting your assets. But at the end of the day, it's not up to the end user uh, to solve this problem. This problem should, right, should be solved right. by us, by developers, course, the companies exactly. working in the space. Exactly. Because it is up to us to pro- to, to offer people a, a product that is as foolproof as, foolproof as possible. Mm. Obviously, yes. we will continue to educate people on cybersecurity. Mm. We will continue educating people on how to protect their assets and how to stay safe online and how not to click on everything that pops up on mm. their phone. Mm. But... It is up to us to ensure that we have provided the highest possible level of protection on a development and technological level so that anyone uh, can can go online and sign up for a a crypto wallet and use cryptocurrency safely and, and securely. Yes,
0: yes. Um, so l- let's let's shift a bit because you did mention uh, NFTs at the beginning of our conversation. <laughs> Do you have a take on NFTs, or is this are you tackling NFTs in 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 your industry um, at all? Or? Yeah,
1: I mean, in a way. Um not not directly not directly okay but okay. we have played we have played uh, with nfts i have played with nfts myself um hmm. because I, I like to joke that i'm a crazy person with an ipad uh and, a, and an apple pencil <laughs> uh which automatically makes me a creator obviously well, you have the twitter <laughs> password <laughs> i do have i do have the twitter password and i do have the apple pencil uh yeah. so <laughs> um so I did, uh, I did mint a couple of NFTs, uh, of my own just to see how did the process you? works and uh-huh. how, yeah, I did. I mean, Good I literally, you. I literally drew a picture, like, uh, made it, made a, made a GIF or a GIF, uh-huh. uh, yeah. on my iPad, uh, and then, uh, it to OpenSea just to see how the process works Okay, because that, Very cool. that's how you learn. Yes. Be really curious. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you have to, uh, and you have to, you know, uh, uh, pay pay the fee. The yes. in this case the Ethereum fee uh, to learn. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the best the best way to learn. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, we also had a, a a charity NFT auction at Attrex uh, that didn't really play out as well as we expected. It didn't gain the traction that we expected because it was slightly different than traditional NFT uh, NFT sales that we see uh right now um uh, but we are excited um as a company we are excited about nfts we've even uh added a tab in the Amber wallet where you can literally see your nfts that uh, you have on open or different platforms i'm literally looking at mm-hmm. my nfts right now within my Amber wallet <laughs> very um, cool <laughs> Yeah. Very cool. That that that's pretty cool I think. Yeah. Mm. Um and on a personal level I am very excited about NFTs because it is uh, it is opening a brand new world to uh, to artists and to, to creators because art I, and I I talked about that the other day um uh, with somebody art and uh, art dealing used to be a very a very elite uh, mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So mo- most people um, would wouldn't even think, you know, when when you have to um, when you have to uh, decorate your house, you don't you don't go to an art gallery, you go to IKEA. Yes, <laughs> that's because where you start. <laughs> Yeah, you don't um, go to Sotheby's, or you don't go to exactly go to exactly. Christie's but th- or that's Sotheby's. the yeah. th- that's the public perception that art, you know, like the, the unique and and actual art is unattainable. And mm-hmm. if you want to have art, you have to either uh, get a reproduction or go to IKEA and buy a poster mm-hmm. uh, that is that is uh, mass produced. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not really the case. That's not the case. And I think NFT is is uh, bringing light to that and is allowing a lot more. Um, artists and uh, and and content creators to monetize their work in a more meaningful way while allowing people to um, to acquire unique uh, pieces of art and that's amazing mm-hmm. because yeah we do have obviously we have the pixelated you know apes and whatever and cyberpunks and mm-hmm. whatever NFTs there are uh, popping up every day mm-hmm. uh, but you also have you also have actual art dealerships using NFTs for for mm-hmm. art art sales and that's amazing i think that this mm. is this is incredible you don't you no longer have to be van gogh and die to start making money <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah you can actually be a digital yeah. artist yeah i mean make money without having to die for that you know? mm, true um, true. so so i'm very thrilled about about nfts and obviously they also have the uh, the application in, in gaming and uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the metaverse as well. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's exciting as well.
0: Yeah, Um. you did allude a little bit before that it's difficult to um, project what will happen in overall in, in the industry and just in the crypto industry in general. But maybe you must have some perspective on the future of marketing or maybe what you wish... Uh, where you wish the the digital marketing or
1: digital ad space will go. Can you maybe share your thoughts on that? Um, Sure, sure. I'd love to. Um, We have a lot more legislation on privacy. Uh, mm. Available today that than we had uh, just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, GDPR is one example in in Europe, and anyone offering services to European Union citizens uh, or residents, residents, we have the legislation in the states. We have such legislation in Brazil. So um, the world is beginning to shift their focus back to privacy and uh, mm-hmm. um, and putting that on into a you know legal framework to protect people. Um, so I think that this is something that we'll see developing and unfolding more in the upcoming years. I think that more and more countries will jump on that bandwagon and will mm. start producing their, coming up with their own uh, privacy protection uh, laws, which will be great. And yes, it will hinder technological development, or maybe it will empower technological development and make mm. existing ad networks look into different directions and into in different ways of... Um, of doing business. To be honest, so far it hasn't panned out as well as we expected it. We were very excited about GDPR. But what Mm -hmm. GDPR did was basically... make ad networks and here i'm talking mostly about the you know the the big ones like amazon and google and facebook Mm -hmm. it literally Mm -hmm. made them look into other ways in which they can profile people without calling it profiling and you know finding the loopholes in the in the law but i think Mm -hmm. that people are getting wary the end users the people who use the app blockers, are getting wary of that and uh we are as as species uh as humans i think that we're gonna start demanding our privacy more and more and more, which will lead more networks to more advertisers and publishers to look for alternatives uh, to the giants, um, and that will empower company uh, empower companies like ours to provide that alternative and you know to to give people what they actually want and what they actually need. So I'm excited, and I think that I'm um, we're gonna see a lot more developments in in that field. Um, we're gonna see more people being rewarded for their attention um Mm -hmm. with with either with tokens or in some other way this is something that because that that, you know that's the the most valuable commodity that we have right now in the the marketing world the uh, the people's attention because attention spans Mm -hmm. are getting smaller people get overloaded um, yeah because it's overloaded
0: absolutely there's too much stimulation there's just too much right
1: so, yeah, so I think that this is something that we'll be focusing more and more on, rewarding people and, like, trying mm. to get people's attention in a, meaning, in a meaningful uh, way. Uh, mm. So that's that's one field where I also anticipate, you know, development. Uh, I think that, yeah, for the focus on privacy, you know, the, the two big trends that I see in the ad tech industry are basically uh, rewarding attention and, and reclaiming privacy. Wow. Well, I, I don't see a, a better... Um...
0: A better point to to sort of end <laughs> our <laughs> podcast on. Um, you sort of uh, you actually. I I have a. Couple of sort of questions, dra- you know, drawn out, and you just answered all of them. In terms of, I, I hope, I, uh, I sincerely hope it will go in this direction. Hopefully, the governments and regulators will also keep keep the pace on on the Facebooks and the Googles, right? Uh, we'll see crossed. what Meta pans out. What what, what Meta
1: will bring, right? Um, yeah, or not. <laughs> well, well prob- I mean, to be to be honest, I'm not really very optimistic about that because just a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, they came up with this huge statement about libra and their the own libra. Cryptocurrency. Yeah. and yeah. where is libra today guys yeah zuckerberg yeah. where is libra tell us yeah yeah haven't heard anything about it in a while so <laughs> no no
0: so we'll see um d- definitely definitely um vanina is there anything that you would like to add that i didn't i haven't asked maybe that you you would l- like to expand on more or did we cover almost everything that you wanted to share in, the, in this podcast with us
1: I would like uh, to leave one message uh, with Mm. with the audience of the podcast. It would be, um, tell your friends about blockchain. Tell your non-crypto friends about crypto uh, Mm -hmm. and try to get people excited because uh, we are, obviously we're all fighting for mass adoption and mass adoption is slow. Mm -hmm. And it's slow because blockchain is slow and because gas Mm -hmm. fees are high Mm -hmm. and because people are afraid of blockchain and it sounds big and scary and complex. Talk Mm -hmm. to your friends about, about crypto and try to educate as many people as possible Um, look into the the all the positives that blockchain and crypto have empowering the unbanked and allowing people to get their privacy in their own hands and we'll get there maybe slower than we expected but we will get there well, thank
0: you. Thanks for that. And on that note, I'd like to thank you for for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. I'm happy to to like I said to talk to a fellow <laughs> female, not to not to divide the females and the males, etc., but it's it, it is nice to to finally talk to 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 a lady friend. And I'm fascinated to hear, I'm actually excited to hear your strides in in the ad industry. You know, you've actually opened up quite an enigma for me in terms of the digital advertising space. I always thought it was so complicated and very scary, (laughs) and I I always wanted to click off everything. Um, This is, of course, an end user saying in lay terms, but I'm actually very glad that someone is trying to solve this problem. Of, of the broken ad industry. And I wish you all the best. And I hope to perhaps maybe have you on again someday at a later, a later point in time, maybe in six months or a year and see where you guys are.
1: That would be lovely. I would love to be here because it's, you know, being on this podcast is absolutely delightful.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Vanina. And uh, we'll definitely, will uh, love to hear how your progress is going and maybe hope to have you soon on again, maybe one of your colleagues or you. And um, yeah, we'll hopefully speak with you again soon. Indeed. Thank you for having me, Nina. Thanks again to Vanina from Ambire, as well as thank you everyone for listening. A big thanks goes to 4th Tech and Coin Market League for co-sponsoring this episode. Thank you also to the Barian Music team for providing their music. You can check out their latest album on barianmusic.com. You can find all supporting information on our website, blockchainrecorded.com, and listen to us on Google, Apple, Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Be well and stay tuned for our next episode.